Hi everyone! Welcome back to another episode of the Water Women Podcast. My name is Jill and I'm the host and creator of this podcast. Today, we sit down with Caitlin Casey, one of my best friends from university, and we chat about her master's, which she's doing at Memorial University in Newfoundland, and what it's like being a grad student and a female in science. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to Caitlin and all she has to say. Hi, Caitlin. How are you today? I'm great. How are you, Jill? I'm also good. I'm really excited to have you on today to talk about a little bit about what you do and why you do it. So do you want to start out by telling everyone how you got into brain science? You're from Ontario, so you're kind of landlocked. Yeah, I'm from Ottawa, which is like one of the most landlocked parts of Ontario. Um, and I've like not spent much time around the Great Lakes either. So I uh, yeah, it it started mostly when I went on vacation. Me and my family would go on vacation and we were in Hawaii and we were at this little beach and there was a sea turtle and it like just followed me around. I don't know why it followed me around, but I, like it maybe it was attracted to like my yellow shirt or like I don't know. Anyways, the sea turtle followed me around for like a couple hours and it had a little tracker on its back. So I didn't really know anything about this or tracking animals then, but like my whole family was really interested in it. And I think this was in the eighth grade. And after that, I was like, I want to become a marine biologist. That's it. You knew right then and there? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I love and that. like, I was like, yeah, I was like always interested in science and biology and like research kind of like as a kid but after that I was like marine okay. biology the ocean yeah I'm I'm sold on it that's you were ready to go after that yeah so what made you want to come to UMBSJ because that's where we met is at UMBSJ our first year back when we were little yeah. babies yep that was so long ago <laughs> um I would say I had a couple schools picked out um but UNB St. John was small so there were small class sizes and there was also like four different major opportunities that you could have from like studying abroad to like going to the marine semester doing yeah. honors so there was lots of like opportunities that would I kind of knew would advance like my career yeah so that's why I chose UNB St. John and also um it's near the coast like it was I didn't end up applying to University of Guelph but uh, that was kind of an option, but that's not on an ocean, so that's why I wanted to go to the ocean. Yeah, yeah. you got to be by the ocean. I love it. It's always a good yeah. feeling. Yeah, it literally increases happiness. <laughs> so after you graduated with your bachelor's degree of marine biology, you did go on to do a master's program. So why did you want to do a master's, and what did you end up doing? So I'm studying um, with the Mercier Lab at Memorial University, the Ocean Sciences Center. And I'm studying echinoderms in the deep sea in the Arctic. And I'm using uh, a technique where you take a camera and tow it along the back of a boat. And you take a video of the seafloor, which is really cool because I'll just be sitting in my little office in um, my lab and looking at videos that are 2,500 meters deep of the bottom of the ocean. Um, and we're just looking at how echinoderms are behaving on the bottom. And um, yeah, so I'm four months into my program. Uh, it should be about two years, uh, about like five months. But anyways, I'm still very much a new student and 
I am in the muck of learning how to become a grad student still. Why is it important to have this non-invasive sampling technique? And why is it important to know about these echinoderms and what they're doing? So non-invasive sampling is important, especially because now we're trying to study these environments and habitats that are um, they're at risk of being uh, changed by climate change. And in the Arctic, that's one of the most heavily affected areas. Uh, and when you're doing this sampling, it's often it's in a conservation uh, framework. So it just kind of makes sense if you can sample it in a way that doesn't destroy the habitat. Like, why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and echinoderms, uh, well, research in general, there's like so much research on like the megafauna of the world um, and the non-economically important and non-megafauna species get a little bit left out. Um, and echinoderms actually do provide uh, a lot of functions in ecosystems. Uh, and we just, especially in these remote places, we don't know much about them because um, ice in the Arctic and uh, lack of technology previously has kind of limited people's ability to get there. But now that ice is actually decreasing in the Arctic, it's easier to study it. So that's a, one of the reasons why research in the Arctic has been increasing. Um, but it's important to know about it before we to see changes from climate change. So we know actually how much is being affected by climate change. It's a really cool observation because it is like allowing us to look into something that we haven't been able to before. How much has it changed that we don't even know about already? It's nice that we can figure out where the baseline is for us now. So we see how it changes in the future. Yeah, it's like everyone hears about like the Australian fires or like the Amazon rainforest. We like, you know, how many they talk about how many species we're losing before we've even discovered them. And that very well could be happening in the oceans as well. But we know so little about the oceans that it's even more like unknown. For how many species we know in the ocean, there's like thousands that we might not know about. And it's, it's insane to think that like things could be changing so fast that we're losing out on these species before we even know about them. Yeah. So when you were a kid, kind of after you figured out that you wanted to do this, did you have anyone to look up to, specifically any like female figures that you were like, oh, I want to be like them or I'm aspiring to be like them? Um, I didn't really have a lot. The only one I really knew about was Sylvia Earle. Yes, um, the queen. She was kind of like this like huge figure. Um, but other than that, there wasn't really a ton that I knew about. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot. I didn't really find anyone until like later on in like my studies. And I kind of found Nan Hauser and Melissa Marquez are these two younger women who I've just kind of like, I've now aspired to be them, but like coming out of high school, I didn't really have anyone. Yeah. Like you only find them once you like get into the niche of marine biology. Absolutely. We want to encourage women to keep fighting um, for positions that they deserve. And that's a key point. Like women, I think sometimes feel more imposter syndrome, strong, more, they feel the imposter syndrome more strongly. Um, and I feel that a lot, but trying to get over it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're working on it. 
I feel like being young and being female has definitely aided in this uh, imposter syndrome because I often feel like I am not part of it. Kind of like everyone seems so much older than me or so much smarter than me. And it's important to remember that we all start in the same place and we all work towards it. Like, Yeah, and wherever you are right now, you obviously got there for a reason and you deserve to be there. So like own your space that you're in yeah exactly you're there for a reason use that utilize it be a figure for someone else to look up to like we talk about how we didn't have that female marine biologist to look up to but there's nothing stopping any of us from being that female marine biologist for the younger generation yes exactly i reached out to one of my elementary school teachers the other day i emailed him and he said he has an eighth grade student who's interested in marine biology and he was just wanting to know if he could give her my information and i was just so excited about that <sighs> because i just want to like inspire younger girls to do what i did my favorite thing is when some of the girls i coach or some of the, the younger girls i'm around when they find out I do marine biology and specifically that I've gotten the chance to do like whale research, they're always like, that's so cool. That's what I want to do. And I always, I'm like, do it. It is the coolest thing you can possibly do. Like go, go right now and do it. Like there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. Sometimes it, it feels a little competition-y, but like, I think we have to like encourage other women um, to like continue and like, try to get that success that we are all aiming for yeah there's no limit to how much success there is there's no like only one top spot it's something that can be shared with everyone so it's really important I think to like uplift other women in science and not be like oh you're someone who also studies in kind of terms I have to be better than you it's like oh cool what have you found like how can we work together to help the world like it's much more important for that yes exactly yeah there's so many of these like facebook groups that i know we're both part of that like just are full of women who are willing to help you out and answer questions like the women in ocean science facebook group or the girls at scuba the girls that free dive all of that stuff yeah i'm in all those yeah they're great groups yeah and it seems like those facebook groups when it's all women they're so much more supportive. Like I'm part of some other scuba scuba Facebook groups and they are not like, if you don't have over a hundred dives, you are like not a real diver. And like, you don't have a say, you don't have an opinion about diving if you don't have like a ton of dives, but the women, women in ocean sciences and the women, women that scuba girls at scuba are so supportive and they, everyone like lifts each other up. And everyone's willing to talk about, like, what they're doing or contribute opinions if someone's asking for them. It's very welcome. Absolutely. And there's no, like, there's no wrong questions or, like, you can post, be like, I just went for my first ever dive. And everyone's like, that's so awesome. Welcome. And, like, hey, I've never dived before. Like, what's a good mask to use? Like, what should, what do you guys use? Like, it's very, like very inclusive and very like nice for the most part yeah, no one's really sticking their nose up at anyone yeah no it's it's very like hey we were all there once it's very nice it makes me feel better about not being a overly experienced diver but still being a diver 
because like I might not have a huge number of dives, but I've been underwater breathing. Like, you know, I do what I can. It also helps make me realize that like you have this, when you picture like a women in science thing, you kind of picture like a certain stereotype, but like you can have all these different women that are, have such vast interests. There's no specific cookie cutter, like this is what a woman in science or specifically this is what a woman in ocean science is going to look like. There's just this huge population of us and no one's the same. Yeah, like you don't have to try to make yourself less feminine because you want to do like field work. Like you don't always have to be like walking around in hiking boots and field pants and a raincoat, you know, like you can still dress up and you don't have to be you don't have to feel invalidated just because you like things outside of doing research and thinking about science all the time. Like you're still like smart and valid and you can still be a marine biologist researcher. Yeah. You're allowed to like, like to wear dresses or like to wear makeup. It's not like no, you can't be out in the field and also like to have makeup on. Like it's, you have to pick or choose. No, it's like, you can do both. Yeah. There's an Instagram called fancy scientist and she talks about this exactly. And I love it. She's, I've followed so many other accounts that she has posted because there's like people that she highlights will post back to back photos of them, like collecting poop samples and then going to a conference, like all like dressed up in dresses and heels and makeup because they're multifaceted humans <laughs> love that like there's no you're not just one thing and I think that that's kind of like when you broadly talk about women in science that's kind of something that like they're like women in science are very tough very like down and dirty but it's like we can also still like like to dress up and like to look nice and like we're not you, you, you're not confined yes you've done a lot of traveling with like you did this study abroad when we were in our undergrad and you've done a lot of traveling outside of that and a lot of that has kind of focused around where the water is like you always seem to go to the water kind of thing yeah being by the ocean yeah yeah um my family likes we all learned to dive when I was in the eighth grade or ninth grade, my whole family, we all took the Patty Open Water course. And since then, um, I've continued my training. My family kind of just does vacation dives. But, um, like, we're always, like, adding a couple days of diving on our trips. And um, we just, like, like to be somewhere where you can go hiking one day and then diving the next day. Uh, so, like, Australia, Barbados, Hawaii, like, those are just the perfect places for it. Where's been your favorite place that you've been? Your absolute favorite. Oh, okay. I have to say Hawaii, the main island of Hawaii, the big island. Um, and one day I would like to end up there, you know, and live there. It's just, I just can't even describe just thinking about it, like, makes me happy. Because it is such a beautiful, like, the, sh the coast and the coral reefs, the sea turtles. It's amazing. Oh, I love that. I can imagine. I, I, it's on my bucket list to get there. I haven't been there yet, but I'm yes, planning on it. You have to go. Well, maybe yes. we should go together. Yes, definitely. We can go diving together. 
oh, we haven't we haven't yet, which is so strange. But I mean, we do live I in know. Bay of Fundy, or we lived on the Bay of Fundy, so not not the yeah. We have to go diving. somewhere somewhere else to go diving. Yeah, you come here, <laughs> cold water diving in Newfoundland. I'm convinced, absolutely convinced. Mm-hmm. And you said you're interning at the dive shop now. Yeah. Um, so before I moved to Newfoundland, I reached out to like kind of like a world-renowned dive shop actually Ooh. called Ocean Quest Adventures and um yeah the owner he's just like he's like larger than life he knows he helped with the filming of Aquaman and like part of Aquaman was filmed 15 minutes from where I live actually that's so Fun cool fact. yeah and um yeah so I reached out and I said like is there any way I can just like be a part of the dive shop because I just wanted to increase my knowledge of diving yeah. so that I could, cause I would like to have a career that involves diving in the future. Yeah. So I said, like, is there any way I could do an internship? And, um, I ended up working at a deal where I work at the dive shop and I get to learn all these things in the dive shop about the equipment and how running a dive shop works. And I'm also doing courses. So I'm hopefully going to have my dive master by the end of the year. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, and the diving in Newfoundland is actually surprisingly, like, amazing. Yeah. Uh, you have to wear a dry suit pretty much all year. But um, there's, like, something for everyone from, like, looking for wildlife um, to historical diving, diving on shipwrecks. Um, sometimes me and my friends will go, like, treasure hunt diving. Like, there's uh, a port, kind of, and a long time ago, the ships used to just throw things overboard. And you can find them now if you're just scouring along the bottom. Cool. Um, but yeah, so diving is a big part of my life right now. Um, every other week, um, I'm running a dive club, actually, oh. for students in the area. Yeah. And we're hosting um, pool nights where we go to the pool and you can, like, practice diving skills. And um, it's really good. Me and another girl who's doing her master's here, uh, we run it together. And it's really nice. Um, to have a female presence yes. because the shop is otherwise mostly male. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's really fun. My advisor, she's a um, a prominent marine biologist, uh, and she just like does amazing work. She like publishes academically and non academically, and she actually tries to make the connection between like the ivory tower of science and allowing the public to know about it as well. Erin, because. You know, you can have all these scientific papers and have all that, but if you're just a normal person reading them, even I, who am in my, like, still my undergrad, but, like, have been here for a while reading them, sometimes I get confused. So, like, people without any knowledge, if they're reading it, it's going to be almost, like, Greek to them. So it is nice to have someone to bridge that. So, like, it's public knowledge almost of, like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening. Here's why it's important. Yeah, especially when uh, there's like public funding going to um, funding science and then people kind of sometimes it seems like people pride themselves on having confusing scientific published papers. But it's that's like an error on their part. Like science should be accessible. Absolutely. That's a perfect way to put it. It should be accessible to everyone. So, Caitlin, before we do end off this podcast, do you want to plug your socials? Like where can people find you? How do they get in touch if they'd like to talk? Sure. Um, I my Instagram. Uh, I post a lot of stuff, but sometimes I post diving stuff. Um, it's K T L N K C, 
And I also run a Facebook page called Student Dive NL, and it's the Newfoundland Student Dive Club Facebook page. And so if you ever come into Newfoundland and want to dive, hit that up, and I might come out for a dive with you. Um, but yeah, so we're trying to get our dive club off the ground. So if you're listening and you want to be a part of a Newfoundland dive club, that's where to go. Newfoundland diving is amazing, and I highly recommend it for anyone traveling to Newfoundland. Well, they'll have to come visit you so you can take them diving, so that's perfect. I'll be your tour guide if you reach out to me. I highly recommend her. She's the best. Well, Caitlin, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. And you're just, Caitlin's one of my best friends. So I'm extra excited to talk to her anytime I get to. But to talk with her today about being a woman in science and being a woman of the ocean was just so exciting. I was really happy to do it. Yeah, this was definitely like a new experience for me. And even though I'm really early in my career, maybe down the line, we can do another Yeah, we'll one. do like a part two of where yeah. are we now kind of episode. Yeah. Caitlin no longer has imposter syndrome. <laughs> Caitlin belongs here. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm excited for that one. <laughs> but we were, Caitlin yeah. was one of my first friends that I met at the university. I don't even really remember how we met. I just remember almost immediately being friends yeah. once we found out we were both going into marine biology and you basically carrying me through our undergrad. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I just did a lot of late nights. <laughs> it worked really well because yeah, I learned by listening to you and you learned by reteaching things. So like that's perfect true. pair. It did help me study a so lot. So basically yeah. I can kind of take credit for your GPA instead of mine is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I'll just tell the uh, offices that. Okay. Perfect. Great. Sounds good. Yeah. You can just send them my, you can send them my <laughs> Done. I'll just change the name. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thank you so, so much again, Caitlin. Thank you so much to Caitlin for being on this episode of the Water Women podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Water Women podcast is just getting started and we have lots of exciting things planned. So stay tuned and keep updated with us on all of our social medias. You can find us on Facebook at Water Women Podcast, on Instagram at Water Women Podcast, or on Twitter at Water Women Pod. You can also check out our website at waterwomenpodcast.weebly.com. Until next week, stay salty.